We got microphones up there. We got microphones there, so you can just shout whatever the fuck you want to say. Fuck you. You can shout fuck you. If you want to shit, eat shit, you say eat shit. If you want to say I'm a sick motherfucker, say I'm a sick motherfucker. Say I'm a sick motherfucker. What? Smack him a gob. The VR Vault rolls in again another Sunday. Bam. And I got a crossover episode with the plug again with my good friend Nate Bushy Atchison. And uh, he'll be airing the unedited episode. We're mostly unedited. I'm sure he tweaks a little here and there because we go off on tangents of different things, but. I condense mine where it's only about Twisted Fucking Sister. But I highly recommend you hear the, the plug version. I don't know if it's up yet. Should be. Check out the plug with Bushy. Uh, all our crossover episodes are different. You know, I edit mine more. And he yeah, leaves a big chunk of it. He told me he really liked this. And I did too. I liked the, all the the banter we did, you know, before we started talking about Twisted Sister in the middle and in the end. Uh, good stuff, but, you know, again, I want mine to be different than his, but it's still awesome when we only talk about Twisted Fucking Sister. So, uh, let's get into it already. Take it away, Bushy. Well, all right, welcome to another Plug and Vieira Vault crossover show. That's outstanding. I have with me today, obviously, the great Dr. Fuck himself, Ralph Vieira. How you doing today? Damn, I'm doing great. You know why? 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 Because I'm fucking Dr. Fuck. That's why I feel great. <laughs> I mean, if you got to be anybody, be Dr. Fuck. Yeah, man. Well, it's hard to do that. You know, you need to have a very warped mind. And not a <laughs> lot of people think like me. So, you know. And plus, uh, I love America, bro. The United States of America. I am a proud, proud American citizen. Greatest, greatest country on the face of the earth. Hell yeah. Absolutely. But we're here to talk about the reissue, not the original, although I did pull out my uh, original vinyl. The reissue, I, I didn't realize this had been out this long, came out in 2018 of Twisted Sister, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I know you've been a fan much longer just because, well, you're an old fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When did they come across your radar? When did, when did you become a fan of Twisted? Well, the first time I even heard of them was MTV had a little bumper in between videos. You know, you're watching MTV, and they showed a little tiny clip of the song You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. That's how late I came into it. I, I wasn't aware of them during Under the Blade or the club days. that he would. They were around 10 years before all that, you know? Right, Never right, yeah. heard, I don't know, Riding maybe. Get out the streets. Maybe, maybe I saw them in a magazine, but I, my, my memory is that little tiny clip of You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, and I loved it so much because they would show that clip a lot. And I was like, God. And then finally, I saw the video. They played it. And I was like, I got to get this. This is so good. 
And uh, this is my first Twist Sister album. And uh, maybe Timeline's everything, but it's my favorite, man. This has always been my favorite Twist Sister. Then I went back and got Under the Blade. Actually, my friend had Under the Blade on cassette. Really hard to find, but I did find it in a store. An import shop in Fort Lauderdale had it, and I bought it. That's before, because for those that don't know, Twist Under the Blade was... uh, Re-record, not re-recorded, um, remastered, and it sounds totally different. Uh, Mark Mendoza did it, and um, Atlantic Records released it after you know the success of Stay Hungry and before Come Out and Play came out. Oh, so, okay. uh, see, I didn't even and, know that. Yeah, a lot of people hate hate the newer version, and yeah, I like the secret version more. But, you know, I mean, I did a podcast recently. want to plug it. They're called This Podcast Belongs to Them. It's on I, the I, rack. I saw, I've, I've watched, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I've watched a couple of those episodes that you appeared on. Yeah, we did on a Twisted YouTube. Sister one. We did one. And um, it's, uh, I don't even know why I was going. Oh, because uh, everybody was there. Ah, fuck that version. I was like, yeah, yeah, that version sucks. But I have it, and after we recorded, I said, man, I haven't heard this forever, because I don't know why. I, you know, I'm a completist. I own everything. Sure. So I had to go buy that. And I remember listening to it back then going, eh, secret version's better. And I never put it on again. So after I'm there slamming it with everybody, because, you know, you listen to me now, and you watch that episode, you're probably going to think, oh, look at Ralph, peer pressure. No, I actually did feel that way during it. But and I will rectify it next podcast we do. I'll say, guys, I listened to Stay Hungry, that '84 version, and I think it kicks ass. Still like the secret version more, but it's not as bad as I said in that episode because I haven't heard it so long. But they did not touch "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll" in this deluxe. It's exactly how it was recorded back then, and uh, does you know it doesn't sound different, but it's beefier. Um, but oh yeah, and I also want to stress everybody out there: stay away. From Captain Howdy, but also stay away from Stay Hungry's. Uh, well, both Stay uh, Stay Hungry was re-recorded called Still Hungry. Still Hungry, and Terrible. I'll piss you off because uh, some songs I like, others I don't. I'm fifty fifty on that one. That one's terrible, and also the Stay Hungry twenty fifth anniversary, whatever the fuck, they botched it up. Really? So when you put, oh yeah, you put it on. Go get the, find the original CD. You listen to that remastered one. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. It's like the lowest CD I own. I mean, you crank that shit all the way up, and it's really not that loud. Oh wow! Yeah, they really it's, fucked it this up. This is the 25th anniversary, not the Still Hungry. No, uh, no, it's it's Stay Hungry, but you know, and they released it with another CD that's all outtakes. Some are good, but it's like, dude, I'm talking about 50 songs. You know, some are not that long. So it's hard to, like, you know, digest it. And, right. you know, so it's hard to put on a CD with 50 songs and, you know, kind of digest uh, what's the good ones, what's the not. But, you know, I mean, that's just me. But uh, this That's, like, that's like trying to go through the vault. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I'm still working through that. I can listen to one and then I, you know, I have to go back later. And I, I, I still haven't got through the whole thing. I... As far as the vault goes, I took notes listening to it. Then I put the my favorite songs off it in my iPod. So you know, so I don't have to go through that again. You know, 
and I, I'll have to out do of, that sometime. Out of 11 CDs, I made a good, like, CD and a half <laughs> of good nice. songs. Yeah. Some good shit on there, though. You know, stuff that's good is fucking awesome. I loved it. So Sure, sure. Know, so, but yeah, most of it's just fucking garbage. Kind of like the Stay Hungry thing. It's like, you know, everything they threw at the wall during the recording session is on there. Little clips, big clips. It's it's a confusion, confusing, confusing CD. Now yeah, that's, let me that's go- something for like a super uber fan. Yeah, and and I and I am one, so I'm glad I have it. But I'm just explaining that man. It's hard for me to like remember how it was. I just remember song after song after song. I was like, damn, dude, this is fucking endless. Like, you know, there are some full songs that I remember are good, but I can't remember offhand. That's great stuff. See, because uh. I'm, I'm younger. I'm a, you know, born 75. Uh, so I got into rock and roll. I mean, I got into rock and roll and metal early. You know, we were in Heidelberg, Germany from 83 to 86. And I know that at some point while we were there is when I got into rock and metal because my dad gave me the Kiss debut and Kiss Alive because he didn't want that, what do you say, clown shit. Yeah. You know, I had, and I had a buddy. Uh, we would talk Kiss all the time because you know how kids are. Even though Kiss had dropped the makeup by this point, we're still discovering them. So it was just as magical for us as it was for you guys when they first came out. Right. And uh, I know that I had heard we're not going to take it, but it was on some kids' show that I used to watch called Kids Incorporated, um, you know, where they would you lip sync all these songs, but it was actually them singing, but you know, for television purposes, but somewhere in there, I remember seeing the album come out and play and I was overseas and I was, I was just kind of amazed by the, the manhole cover thing. You know, right. you open, you, you flip that thing and that scary looking drag queen. That's like the worst drag queen ever right. is jumping out at you. And as a, you know, somewhere between eight and ten year old kid, I was fascinated. Never got any of their music. Come back to the states. You know, mom and dad get divorced. Mom marries a metalhead, and that was shocking. He was ten years younger, so the man's only about ten years older than I am. I he am was, too. I was. I'm sixty five, man. <laughs> no, no, the year, the year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'm sixty five. You're seventy five. Ten years younger. Right. Well, he was a huge metalhead, and he used to record well before Headbangers Ball. You know how they would have those hour blocks of just, you know, hard rock, heavy metal? He had those eight-hour VHS tapes loaded with videos. And, you know, we were over at his place one day, and he puts in this tape because he he knew, you know, the stuff that I was into so far. At that point, we're talking Kiss, ACDC, a little bit of Cinderella. Um, yeah, that, that could be it really at that point. I hadn't really discovered metal yet. And he puts this VHS tape in the VCR and I'm getting bombasted with Wasp, with Megadeth, with, you know, not Metallica. I don't think one had come out yet. That's the only video they had done to that point, but I'm just getting hammered with all these videos. And of course the, we're not going to take it. And I want to rock videos were back to back. Hilarious. And I was like, holy shit, I got to check these guys out. So I went out and bought, you know, Stay Hungry and Come Out and Play. And uh, eventually Love Us for Suckers. And um, I've, I've been a fan ever since. The funny thing is when I got this album, this uh, reissue, because I've got the vinyl. I've never put it on my turntable ever. 
And uh, as I like, I was telling you earlier, I thought I had an original pressing. I'm missing one number. Instead of seven eight zero zero seven four dash one, I've got eight zero zero seven four dash one. So I'm, I'm assuming it's a you know a later print. But uh, I, I had no knowledge of this album. You can't stop rock and roll. I was definitely a stay hungry, come out and play, and love is for suckers guy. Until big hits and nasty cuts came out. And that's when I started discovering some of the early stuff, obviously, because you have Under the Blade, you have uh, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, Destroyer. I Am I Me and I'll Never Grow Up Now are the two songs that really stuck out to me on that, which led me to backtrack and find the rest of this, you know, this discography. And I will tell you this, when I bought this album, and uh, I didn't even know it existed, this reissue, until you had posted on Facebook, uh, Terrence had got it for you. I was like, holy fuck, I didn't even know this thing existed. So I ordered it off of Amazon. Did not leave my CD player in my car for three weeks. And that's between both the uh, the album with the three extra songs and the concert, the second disc. I was just, they were interchanging. I got about a 25-minute drive to work up and down the mountain every day. Just never left my stereo in the car. It's, it's, it's fucking brilliant, if you ask me. Hell yeah. Fucking great album, man. I love every fucking track off it. Every ah. single song. I do. Let's see. Uh, as, as I'm looking at it, um, I like the original 10. What? The, the original 10 that were on the original album. They had those. Oh, no, I'm not tracks. talking about bonus tracks. No, bonus, okay. Dude, I hate bonus tracks. Now, let me explain why. Bonus tracks ruins the, the album experience. You know, it put you know, I'm fine with putting bonus tracks on a separate disc, but I hate when I listen to an album I'm so used to then like two songs that most of the time weren't good enough to be on the album have to do shit up. I mean, for me, I hate it. Uh, a great example is those cheap trick CDs, those early ones. Man, they threw some really shitty songs at the end. Well, the unreleased I dig go go girls. Boy, I don't dig that song, man. And it's like, and, and, and fucking seven, that, that is the perfect, the perfect album. The very first uh, Cheap Trick album. It's perfection. And then all of a sudden they got these douchey fucking songs that were worked on where the producer said, are you kidding me? This shit sucks. Well, let's keep the tapes and we'll put it out on this. Right. So, you know, yeah, saying bonus tracks does not represent an album to me, especially an album I grew up on. Now, these bonus tracks came out on the first reissue of uh, we, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. This is the second reissue. The okay, first see, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, the first one was like sometime in the 90s. It, it just broke the bonus tracks. They, they reissued, oh, you know why you don't know that? Because I found this out during that podcast I did. All those reissues are out of print. They were released by, I believe, Spitfire Records. It's a company that went out of print. So they, they re-released both, ver- no, no, they re-released the Atlantic version of Under the Blade, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, Stay Hungry, uh, everything, I think, all of them, and with bonus tracks, you know? And, and, and it's shit. It's just shit. I hate it, you know? I remember one of these songs. Let me look at, let me grab my glass. Well, can you name them for me, the two, the two bonus tracks? I remember one of them was okay. There, no, there's three. There's uh, One Bad Woman, Four Barrel, Heart of Love, and Feel the Power. Feel the Power. That one I liked. But the, the other two was like, oh, God. 
You know, it sounded like who who the fuck wrote this? JJ French? Yeah, you know? yeah. What what bad woman is cheesy? Yeah, it sounds like those songs Twisted Sister would do in the seventies that JJ wrote. JJ right, had right. a lot of songs and they it sounds like that, you know? And by yeah, the way, before D took over all the songwriting and became yeah. just a fucking beast. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. There, I've heard people say, "Yeah, bullshit." D wrote everything because it says all music and lyrics by D. Snyder. Well, if you are aware, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Bushy, but there's a war going on with D. Snyder and Ted, not um, Tom Warman, the guy that produced the album. Yeah, I've I've seen a I've seen Twitter feuds between these guys. Yeah. Well, there's an audio interview that, man, while he's totally bashing D, you know, then he flips and goes, you know, it's a shame because the guy's a genius. He would walk into the studio and show the band how to play the song. He wrote the music and the lyrics. This is the producer saying it in the middle of a war with this guy. Wow. So it must be true that Dick right. Snyder writes all the music, all the lyrics for Twist Sister. I was skeptical too. But when I heard that, I said, holy shit, D's a fucking genius. He write, And, you know, Tom Warman was praising him, saying how amazing he was at, you know, coming up with songs and lyrics. You know, he's never seen that before. Of all the bands he produced, all, all bands had input. Not Twisted Sister, it was all D. D even showed JJ how to play the drums, what, how to play the drums on the songs. Guitars, Mark Mendoza, he showed them all. And that's pretty fucking impressive, man. Yeah, that's that. I would have never guessed that. I would have thought he would have come in with a chord progression and said, All right, guys, now figure out, you know, we're going to do it in this time. And, you know, of course, yeah, me the 80s, too. everything was 4 4. But you, you work on your fills, you know, Eddie and, and JJ, you work on your guitar fills and your solos. And Mark, you know, you just beat the fuck out of your bass. I've never seen a guy not play the bass. He just beats the fuck out of his bass. He's, he's <laughs> an amazing bass player, Mark. And, and, and he doesn't uh, slap. That's the funny thing. For a guy yeah, that no, beats he, the shit out of yeah. his bass, he doesn't slap. He's amazing. That guy is just an amazing bass player. What a great solid rhythm section. Oh, I for mean, real. Musically, the most, you know, I mean... JJ and, and and Fingers are capable, but they don't really stand out. They play for the song, which is fine with me. But, sure. you know, you can't say JJ and Eddie are technically as badass as AJ and, and the Animal. I mean, those guys are awesome on their instruments, you know? But, oh, you know, oh Piro and, uh, uh, yeah, Mendoza, yeah, they're fucking, they're, they're right there. Yep. They're awesome. And... and and I'll tell you this right now, man. Twisted Sister has to be the most vicious fucking band you can see live. I mean... And I, and I, I never I, got to see them. And that's, that's another one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you, you know, in, in regards to this album. Is I know you've got some live stories. And Twisted Sister is not a band you want to play with. You just don't. Uh, last time I saw them, I went to New Jersey to the, to the um, Hurricane Relief concert. It was... Twisted Sister, Anvil, T.T. Quick, Raven. Um, uh, I know there was another. Oh, the Rods. Now, I'm a huge fan of all these fucking bands. I dig know? the Rods. I have one of their albums. 
Uh, I had never heard of Raven until me, you, and Ian saw him in Nashville. And, you know, like I told you, I saw a Madison Square Garden quality show in a fucking bar the size of a bedroom. Yeah, they're amazing. Raven are just, you know, they're the real. And and you're about to tell me that Twisted Sister blew them off the stage? Blew everybody off the stage. And here's the fucked up part. D had to be somewhere like early, early in the morning. So Twisted Sister ended up not headlining. They did a headlining set. But they played right in the middle, like right after it was it was uh, some local band, then the Rods and Raven, then Twisted Sister. Anvil had to follow them. Oh, and, fuck that. And, but Anvil's great. But God, it was just, you know, I mean, it, 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 these, they came out and they slaughtered. They just slaughtered it, you know, and um, it's just a, a sight to behold. Twisted Sister Live is the most intense band I've ever seen live. You know, not the greatest band I've seen live. Top five, for sure. Maybe my second favorite. Second or third. Van Halen with Dave, Pantera, and Twisted Sister are the three greatest live bands as far as energy, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, that type of show, of energized fucking show. Those three bands. I've yeah, never see, seen I, I, I keep hoping against hope that Twisted Sister will eventually release a live concert video. They've got to have footage that can well, be mastered somewhere. No, man. They have some great ones, Bushy. Dude, you definitely got to get... There's a double CD, a double DVD out there. I so recommend this. It's Twisted Sister in a club, but professionally shot. But it's a big club. Right. And it was the sh- their last show before going to England to record Under the Blade. And the second disc is the 9-11... Um, 9-11, when they first reunited right. for this 9-11 thing that happened in New York. So uh, it's so worth it. Then they have a live uh, live at Wacken. They have the still Stay Hungry Live 84. They have a lot of stuff available. How the there. fuck did I not know any of this? Because anytime I'm on Amazon searching for live concerts, this shit never shows up. Oh, yeah. It, well, man, maybe it's out of print, but holy fuck, those are worth having. Yeah, I'll, really I'll definitely that. have to look into that because, like I said, they're a band I never got to experience other than in the uh, the, 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 the uh, documentary. And, you know, it's it's awesome to hear that when, when you went and saw them, they still had that mentality of we're going to kill everybody because that was their club days. Yeah. You know, it it's never, like, it never we don't give a fuck them. who's on stage. We're going to destroy them. It never escaped them. Then, you know, I saw them back in the Stay Hungry tour twice, actually. They came back with Maiden. The first time was Docking and YT. Solid fucking show. But my God, man, they were just savages. You know, I mean, they were like just, it was like they let, you know, cages open, wild dogs out on stage. That's that's what Twisted Sister would be. And they have this fucking foaming front man, you know, frothing at the mouth that if you ain't into it, he's going to call you out. And oh, tell, brutal. I, I love watching that kind of yeah. footage because he, he'll just berate the fuck out of anybody yeah. if you're not into it. Yep, call them jack-offs and, you know, dicks with ears. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> and, you know, and that, to me, as far as the, vo- the, the, the yapping, oh, no, nobody can beat Dee Snyder. I'm sorry. As far as the front man, the yapping, because the, the thing about Dee Snyder, and this is very inspirational to me because I do the same thing live. D. Snyder goes out there and he doesn't know what he's going to do. It's not pre-planned. It's right. all spontaneous. And that's how I 
always perform. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say between songs. I just let the moment, you know, and that's what D. Snyder is the king at. And uh, I applaud him, man. He's ex- um, you talk about ridiculously underrated as not only a vocalist, but as a front man, forget it. D. Snyder's, for me, as far as like, you know, talking, nobody's better. Not even Dave, who I consider the greatest front man ever, but Dave was scripted. D was like, you know, and Dave would just say a few words and stuff. D right. would just ramble, man, and fucking just berate you, you know? Or just fuck around and well, they had have- ten years to fucking get it down. I mean, you got to yeah. figure all that time. At first, it was JJ that was doing all the talking. Right. D weasels his way in. Now they're sharing it, and, and, and then finally, fucking D just he's taken over because he's he is a beast. Everything I know about the band says he's a beast, and I, and I will I, I will make this admission. Everybody knows that Kiss is my all time favorite band. Twisted Sister over the last few months, because I've been listening to them a lot. Man, Twisted is just really, really trying to edge Kiss out. I think the only thing that saves Kiss is their discography. They just have more music. <laughs> I, I, you know, as far as time frame goes, I'll take Twisted Sister over Kiss anytime, like when they were both at it. But, you know, I mean, I like 70s Kiss more, but the 80s Kiss compared to Twisted Sister, to me, it's not even close. And I'm talking about the first three albums. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I definitely get that. You know, Under the Blade, you can't stop rock and roll and stay hungry. Those three albums, to me, trump all 80s kiss. Yes, even Creatures. Fight me. No, I will fight you. Uh, I'm actually not a huge fan of Creatures. I'm I'm in that minority. There's a few songs I like, but I'm not a huge fan. I think Creatures is their best album of the 80s, but, you know, that's me. Yeah, yeah. See, and I'm more of a Asylum (laughs) I like the Asylum, though. They look yeah. goofy, but I like the music on it. But, it, see, I like that look. That's my coming into metal in, in, in the glam, second wave of glam era. You know, rock stars are supposed to have long gear and bright, flashy clothes. You know, it's spandex. That's, that's there is no rule. Like. There's no rules to rock and roll, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Now we can't even say you got to have long hair because even that's gone out the door. Yeah, exactly. You know, fucking, you can have short hairs, and I'll still love fucking Asylum. You know, I'll fucking take off their wigs. I'll still love Asylum, you know? And music's good, good on it. It's good. It's just that look to me, it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, you got to understand, Bushy. I mean, you're younger than me. I was sure. already, you know, I, I, I cut my teeth on the new wave of British heavy metal. And, right. and, uh, you know, where it was jeans and T-shirt. And, you know, I don't mind a little glam. Don't get me wrong. But when I see it done over and over and over, and then we have this fucking gods of the 70s kiss just jumping on every fucking bandwagon of what everybody's wearing and sounding like, it just disgusted me. But Asylum has some strong music on it. But you strong, wouldn't know. Strong music. Yeah, you wouldn't know this if the, the, the look... Because I'm a music fan, you know? I'm a fan of music. You can look as ridiculous as you want. But in the end, if the music's good, fuck the look, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I tend to like goofier shit. Like, uh, I don't know how you feel about the song, but uh, All Night's like, (laughs) I fucking love that stupid song. Dude, that (laughs) song is so bad, it's great. (laughs) I love it. It's a great guitar riff. Bruce is killing on that album. It's a really stupid song, but I, I have to admit, I love Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park, you know what I mean? Because it's so stupid. Same reasons oh. I love all, all Night, you know? But, you know, yeah, Fan of the Park, cool. Jesus, that was ridiculous. Love it. I'm not going to lie, love it. 
oh, that movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's great. I mean, as a 13-year-old, because I saw it when it premiered on, on NBC on Halloween night. That's I saw awesome. it, and I was the biggest Kiss fan at the time. I hated it. I was like, what the fuck is this garbage I'm looking at? But as the years go by, and I look at it through different, through a more insane brain than I had at 13, because at 13, I had class, you know? Now I'm classless, <laughs> and I think it's great. The 13-year-old is ashamed of me now. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I have to ask you about your uh, your vital, because I know you have this vital. What color? Because the, the CD come out pink. That threw me off because my vinyl's black with pink lettering. Yeah, well, the black is the American release. Gotcha, the, okay. The pink is the European release. I have both on vinyl, the, both originals. Everything That's... else is the same. The inner sleeve, the back cover. It's just the colors are different. Yeah, the U.S. version is black. And I believe only in Europe is, is it uh, pink and then the rest of the world, I think... Japan, it's black. I could be wrong, but I know for sure I have the UK present of, uh, and I found it at a, I found it about three years ago at a oh, wow. record, yeah, record store. You know, it, it wasn't even a record store. It was like, what, what do they call those things where people get together, vendors get together and just sell records, vinyl convention or something. And nice. I found it there and I was like, oh shit, fuck yeah, I get, I'm getting this because I known about it. I was like, cool, I'll get this. You know, I just bought it for the cover. But, you know, I've had my You Can't Stop Rock and Roll since 83. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it has its worn, worn factor. So this one was in pristine condition, so I play that one now. That's awesome. Um, on that album, let's, let's take the three bonus tracks out. Because uh, we both yeah, pretty much agreed that Feel the Power is the only, only strong one of those three. And I still oh. like the rest of the album more than Feel the Power, but I'm just saying. Out of those three, I like that one the best. Yeah, and I actually agree. Like I said, One Bad Woman, I can't stand. I skip it. Four Barrel, Heart of Love, I uh, I, I can get through it if I have to keep both hands on the wheel because I'm coming to a curve because mountain roads are very curvy. Yeah, yeah. You can, <laughs> you can fly off the mountain if you get into that song. <laughs> but uh, of the ten original tracks, what, what's your favorite on this? Title track, hands down. Uh, you can't stop rock and roll. First song I ever heard, but dude, that song, man, and those lyrics, like a juggernaut, you know, like a rising force. It's a juggernaut, you know, stream at force, never to be topped. Cosmic power roaring from the sky. No, 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 rocking gonna die. I love that shit, dude. Oh hell I yeah! Love- and, and and you guys, you know, you and Ian, uh, you performed that at, at the last Rocket Pod. So that's right, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we we performed it live. Um, yeah, great stuff. You know, I I I believe they said we're gonna do some really shitty song. I don't know what it was. Or you want to do Can't Stop Rock and Roll? I was like, dude, Can't Stop Rock and Roll, dude. Fuck that. I ain't singing no, you know, poofy hair shit. I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> oh, and, you I know, so want to see Ralph sing some poofy hair shit. No, it ain't going to happen. And, you know, <laughs> and I did I did some, but it's actually songs I like from poofy hair bands. Like, I've right. done Live Wire Live, Knock em Dead Kid. You know, I've done some some of those. But, um... Least favorite. Say? Least favorite, I'll say... Okay, let me look at the tracks. God, man, they're all so good. Dude, this is a strong fucking album. I would say, but I'm not going to say. I'm going to say, if I didn't go through the experience I did with this girl that I was, girlfriend I loved 10 years ago, she destroyed me so bad, 
I would have said I've had enough, but I've had enough. Listen to those lyrics. It mirrors exactly what me and her went through. So then it would have to be, damn, maybe the power and the glory. And I love that one too. Power and the glory. Cause the rest I, I love, I love, oh wait, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I forgot the Suzanne song. <laughs> I was going to say, alone. I, I would have yeah, really yeah. expected you to say Suzette's no, song. Cause you're not I a ballad guy. I am if it's a good ballad, and I think it is a good ballad, but no, it's not as good as Power and the Glory. Um, it, it would be the weakest song on this album, but I love it. I love that ballad. It's so, you know, it's predictable. It's nothing, you know, to write home about, but I think it's cute, man. And, and dude, let me tell you something. If I was married to Suzette, I could do even a worse song than that. I saw, man, his girlfriend, so, his wife is so fucking hot. Dude, it's I, ridiculous. I have the... The whole season of Growing Up Twisted. She's beautiful, man. And I'm like, that chick still has a tight little ass. Oh, my she's, God. <laughs> this gorgeous. is nothing to see. Because I, uh, I don't know if you do it or not. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I uh, had a long conversation with Jesse Blaze, D's son. Oh, cool. Because you know, he, he had an upcoming album coming out, and all of his stuff had been released to uh, iTunes. And I had him on. We talked for, fuck, almost two hours. And uh, I couldn't say that to him. <laughs> Dude, right. mom's got a great fucking small, tight ass. <laughs> you yeah, can't yeah. say that. <laughs> uh, he'd probably say, you know what? I agree with you. I can't. I mean, I know it's my mom and all. And yeah, of course, I wouldn't <laughs> bang her because it's my mom. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my eyes are functioning. She's hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, D's got it going on for the ugly son of a bitch he is. Let me just say oh, that. Yeah. No, and he and dude, he, he pursued her when she was sixteen or fifteen. Right. And, and 15. the great thing is, he didn't do anything, so he never had to go to prison. Exactly. But they've been together since yeah. then. They're still together. That's the greatest fucking story in rock yeah. and roll ever. Because, because fuck Ozzy and Shannon. Because I think she or Sharon. Because I think she's she hurts Ozzy more than helps him, even though he's alive because of her. Yeah, he, she helped him in the beginning. Now he's. He's a cash cow. You know? Yeah, yeah. But those two, that's a great rock and roll romance story. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. So, I mean, you can, you know, people goof on Steven Tyler and Ted Nugent for having young chicks back then, but they're not with them anymore. Right. D is. So D is different. Then I wouldn't even consider him a, a, a pedo if you really think about it. She was probably hot as fuck as 15. And looked 18, you know, and he stuck around and he married her and look, they're still together. So you can't right. goof on D. You can't. No, goof no. On. And my understanding is they didn't do shit. You know, yeah, no, they till, till she was of age. And, yeah, you know, she, she, she's your ass loved, to go to jail. She, and no, and she's also a tough chick. She's a New Yorker. She yeah. And your little bimbo shit. She was a very smart woman that, you know, kept D in line, you know. Absolutely. So, you know, there you go. And the parents weren't too thrilled. You know, I've oh, heard the sure. whole story from D itself, but you know, there you go. But they're See, still I, together, and I would write a song like that uh, to her even worse because I mean, I don't give a fuck. I could just write a song going, Oh my god, thank you for marrying me on a loop <laughs> if I was married to her. I tell you what, uh, I, I don't hate that song. Um, when I hear it. And it could be because I got it a Twisted Sister later on. And even though Love is for Suckers has that kind of sound on it with a much more mid-late 80s glam sound, but it's got that vibe of uh, You're Not Alone. 
it seems to me that somebody like Dokken should be singing that song. Does that make sense to you? Just uh, yeah. the the the. The way he said, you're not alone. And he got the background vocals. It's like, that's yeah, a Dawkins the, song. Yeah, that's not a fucking Twisted Sister song. It's the big vocals. But you got to also remember, Dawkins wasn't really around when uh, they recorded this song. Oh, I know that. I'm just trying to make a comparison as to when I hear this, it, does, it sounds alien to me in the context of Twisted Sister the way I know him. The price, stress, the price doesn't stress. sound like that. No, but I also have to stress... I know Dawkins was around back then. Because, you know, we're going to have Pickle Whistler. Dawkins has been around since, like, the 70s. I understand that. But as far as, like, D. Snyder hearing Dawkins, oh, I highly doubt it when he wrote this album. Well, no, because you got to figure they were doing Suzette's song before they even penned fucking Under the Blade. That's the oh, first really? song he ever fucking wrote. Oh, see, I did not. See, you're teaching me now. Dude, just watch the documentary. I have the documentary. What we are sick, sick We are twisted fucking sister. Yeah, that's that's what uh, JJ's talking about. How you know D wants to go this certain way, and J you know talks shit to him. What do you write songs? And D said yes, yes I do. And that's the first song he ever wrote was uh, okay. "You're Not Alone." I don't remember. I remember actually that part. You know um, that part you're talking about, but I don't remember him talking about "You're Not Alone." You gotta watch it again. I haven't seen that forever. I own the Blu-ray, yeah, because, which has because JJ says, "Oh, it's about Suzette." That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> and then D was crushed, and it didn't make the first record. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, the Blu-ray, by the way, for that is got a shit ton of uh, bonus material. Highly See, I've got to get the Blu-ray. I bought it on Vudu, so yeah, all I have is the documentary. Oh no, there's some great, great stories left off because it's so long. Right. It's really long. If they would have added all that, it'd be a three-hour movie. There's a lot of cool extras on that Blu-ray. Well, see, I think it could have been a three-hour movie because it, it's never boring at all. No, it's not. You know, learning that early, that early, early history, you know, when J.J.'s done with the drug and hippie scene and moves into the glam David Bowie, Mata Hoople type scene, you know, and joins this band, that's all stuff I didn't know at all. And it never slows down. It's always interesting. I love that they got those old school fans that were tearing up the clubs. That's a brilliant documentary. And the shit they went through, man. You want to talk about a band that stuck together through thick and thin, uh, but you know, then fame destroyed them because DZ Eagle got too big. Sure. And but but back then it was all for one, one for all, and they did it, dude. And that's and, why I, I tell you what. Having seen the uh, the documentary and then getting this reissue, like I said, my vinyl never touched. You know, the needle hasn't touched it since I've owned it. It was one of those, I wanted to have it so that I had it, because I have all their stuff digitally, you know. Right. We're, we're going to make it. It's hands yeah. down my favorite song on this album. I love the guitar riffs. And I love the message. It, it's it, it's basically it's talking about all the bullshit they're going through. And it's like, no, fuck it. We're we're doing this. Yeah. That was that's, a great that's attitude. That's hands down my favorite song on the album. Yeah, he was prolific. He was prolific on two things. On uh, we're not going to make it. And then the price. It's You listen to the price now. It's like, holy shit. He's, he's talking about the demise of Twisted Sister, which just happens two years later. 
two, yeah, three years did, later. It didn't take long, man. You fucking no, yeah, no. They destroyed them. So, dude, come out and play. No matter whether you like it or they hate it, it was the worst album for the time. You know, it's like what the fuck, leader of the pack. Are you serious? You know, and then you know they didn't even release Cruel School. But there's gems on there. Fire never stops. Kill or be killed. I love the title track. There's some good stuff on there, but for the most part, what are you thinking? I See, love Billy Joel, but why are you putting Billy Joel on there? Dude, I don't know, because Be Cruel to Your School with Alice Cooper, I love that song. Ugh. Always did. Saying, man. You, know, you know what me. happened is they fell victim to MTV. Yeah. Because MTV was this new medium. And now we can make this cartoon version of us and sell more albums. And they just kind of suffered from that because... There's other songs that could have been singles off of that record that weren't singles. You know, right. fire. What was that you say? Fire still burns. Uh, Killer be killed. Uh, dude, I love. Um, I believe in you. It's like my second favorite Twisted Sister ballad. Right. I think it's fucking brilliant. You know those guitars, the way they whine. It, it, it's an amazing track. And I think that's D talking about. Hey, we're there. And, and nobody gets it anymore. This is what I need to hear. Right. And then Love is for Suckers, I don't talk to anybody about because nobody likes that album but me. No, I like th- I like the first three songs. Uh, Wake Up, so, Sleet and Giant, Hot Love, and the title track. I like those three songs. The rest I cannot it, believe you like Hot Love. Love it. Love that song. Great pop tune. Hey, I'm a big fan of Photograph from Def Leppard. Never, when I, and that shit's one of those songs you can, you can, uh, Categorized as oh my god, this shit's always on the radio. Yep, I agree, it is, and I never get sick of it. They are just fucking terrible. <laughs> That's great. I'm talking about the people, not the song. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. But uh, uh but yeah, there. If it's a good pop song, I'm gonna like it. And I think Hot Love is a great pop song. I see. I I, I like most of that record. But it's it's the kind of metal I like. That hairy, glammy fucking metal is what I like. Which is funny that I like this uh, old school Twisted so much more. Like, I'm looking at this, I'm trying to find a, a worse song. You know, because we're going to make it's definitely my favorite. I Am I Me was an anthem for me when I heard it. And I didn't hear it until Big Hits and Nasty Cuts. Man, I don't, maybe The Power of the Glory is like my least favorite on it. Yeah, you know, I would put, I would, as I said, if it went for a Suzette song, I'd say that would probably be the, but I still love it. Yeah, yeah, it's still not bad. You know, the yeah. kids are back, kills, like a knife, kills, ride to live, kills, I am, I me, kills. <laughs> yeah, this whole hog. fucking album just slays. Uh, knife in the Back will be a very close second for me as my favorite. Absolutely yeah. love that song. That song yeah, is that, so good. You can't stop rock and roll. That's just very ballsy in your face. It's like, here we come. This was one of those records that when I bought, I couldn't stop listening to it. I would listen to it several times a day, over and over and over again. It was, you know, there's certain albums that come out that I get that way with, you know? I just play it over and over and over, and that's one of them. I and, feel you. Uh, like and, I said, and, when I bought this, it never left my CD player. And when I throw th- do throw it on, which I listen to you Can't Stop Rock and Roll, I think like last month or something, it, I always get a charge out of it. You know, it's 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 in your face rock and roll. That's what it is. It's you know we're you know we're not technically proficient. It's just we're gonna bash our face in, you know. In the same you know early 
early twist sister may not sound like it, but it's got that same attitude as motorhead. You know, it's like motorhead weren't like, you know, virtuosos, but they'd hit you over the head with their songs. And that's what twist sister did. They would hit you over the head with their songs. And, you know, and I, you know, going back to, I am on me. I've said this on many, many occasions. I am on me molded me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard you say that before. Yeah. And, and, you know, fight the good fight from triumph songs like that. Those positivity songs were kind of like, you're giving the middle finger to everybody that said, you're not going to fucking do anything, you know? Right. You can't get nowhere. You're a loser. That, you know, D was speaking to me. Rick Emmett was speaking to me. Here I got to tell you, I, I got that feeling when I first heard that particular track. Again, it was big hits and nasty cuts when I heard it for the first time. Because I was still living at home. I was still a kid. Right. But I had that same feeling. It's like, yes, because my dad swore I listened to metal just to piss him off. Like, dude, I'm spending thousands of dollars in the late 80s, <laughs> you know, buying music. Because I was a music buying machine. My first album I ever bought, you're going to laugh at this. The first album I ever bought with my own money was Def Leppard Hysteria. That lets you know how young I am. But from that moment, I was a music buying machine. Because I, you know, at the age of 14, I was a tour guide up at the Natural Bridge Caverns in New York. I made $15 a day under the table, plus tips. I worked seven days a week all summer long. And I would take that fucking money, I would put it in the bank, and I would write a check to Columbia House. I was just a music buyer machine. Yes, sir. Me too. Uh, I, I, I basically, I, I was, uh, you know, I left my home at a young age, and there were times, dude. There were times I didn't have food because I picked albums over it. You know, I was like, "Fuck, I ain't got no money for food, but I can't go out." You know, so I would starve. You know, for for music. I mean, I was that bad, and it's, I still am to this day. I just ordered two vinyls today. I cannot stop. It's a sickness. But hey, it's better than crack and heroin. Yes, it lasts longer. (laughs) It lasts forever. (laughs) It lasts forever. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you with I Am, I'm Me. And uh, I don't know where I'll Never Grow Up Now came from. That must be Under the Blade. I don't know that song. Where did it come from? I'll Never Grow Up was a song that I'm trying to think. What? Yeah, I'll Never Grow Up was actually on the Atlantic version with Mark Mendoza producing it because I'll Never Grow Up wasn't on the original Under the Blade. Oh, okay. The, no, the secret version didn't have that. Yeah, they, they added it as a bonus track. I'm not even sure if, I don't know, I could be wrong. I don't know when that shit was recorded. Maybe it was during the Under the Blade sessions. I don't know, but. I, I, I don't know either. Like I said, big hits and nasty cuts. That's where I discovered it. Yeah, I believe it was because now as I'm thinking about it, that DVD I was talking about earlier before they went to England, I believe it's performed on there. So it must have been recorded during the Underblade sessions. I just know that I, you know, those lyrics kind of resonated with me because I was expected to join the army, get married, settle down. And D said, hey, what are you doing with your life? You better settle down and find yourself a wife. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'll never grow up. I was like, yes, that's the life I want. And then I fucking grew up. Should have listened to that <laughs> song more. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you're going to have to grow up in some aspects of life, but I have that same carefree mentality as a 
16-year-old when I was listening to this for the first time. Um, well, here's, you know, but, here's the thing I've discovered about metalheads that I love so much. I don't know what it is about us, but it doesn't matter if it's that song. You know, we just hear that song. We could just we could be out in public, not paying attention to anything, but that song comes on. And for most of us now, sometimes our songs come on over to fucking loudspeakers at the grocery store. But you hear that song, a metalhead will start banging his head and fucking playing air guitar in the middle of everywhere. They don't care. What, what song are you talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of 80s songs for me that'll like they'll just come on you know, over the loudspeaker at a grocery store. You're like, what the hell? And I'll start rocking out. Uh, best example for me, I was in a, we have a grocery chain up here called Ingalls. And I was walking through there, do, just do a grocery shopping. And I, I always embarrass Nevaeh, always, because they always have good music playing. It's a lot of 80s pop. But one day, fucking, like, Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley comes on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the middle of the grocery store, banging my head a little bit, playing air guitars. What the dad? Stop! Can't huh. help it. But I've seen I've seen bunches of people do that before. Metal I would have, uh, you know, honestly, I would have been on Nevada's side. Be like, dude, stop that shit. Song sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't like girls. You know, whatever. I don't like girls, girls, girls. <laughs> I've always loved that song. <sighs> Greatest stripper song ever. Oh no, I, I beg to differ. Uh, you know what the greatest stripper song is? <clears throat> What's that? Ah, fuck if I know. I don't go to strip clubs. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking waste my money for a hard on. Kidding me? I dated a stripper when I was in the army, and uh, for that reason, I cannot listen to White Zombie more human than human without getting aroused. She used to dance to that song for me. So uh, that I like song. That one. I- I can't listen to that song. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> Dick's like, hey. <laughs> Dick starts going, hey, where's Isabel? <laughs> like, dude, that was like fucking 25 years ago. Calm down. <laughs> That's a good song. I like that one. It is a good song. Let's, because um, I'm opening this CD up. Uh, it's got the single cover, it looks like, for uh, I Am I Me on it. And um, um, I believe I own that. Let me open this thing up. Hold on. I think I do have that. I am, it has some live tracks on it, right? I well, I'm, just, like... I'm just looking at the uh, the 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 picture. You know, Twisted Sisters, them in their heyday. It says I am I me plus live marquee recording, which we don't. No, oh, no, no, I don't have this. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover now. No, I don't own this. But that's what I want to talk about is that second CD. Because yeah, um... blistering, blistering set. Because I love the, uh, the, the the Live at the Hammersmith. You know, I found that on Discogs, and I gave you the heads up that you can get it on vinyl as well. Great fucking recording. I never knew it would even come out on vinyl. Oh, yeah, I got it on the, vinyl. I got it on I, vinyl. I know. I told you about it. Oh, okay, told, yeah. Dude, I love that vinyl. I told you where to get it. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I remember that because I was like, dude, guess what I just got? And you were like, holy fuck, I didn't know that was on vinyl. And I, and I told yeah, you how yeah. to get your hands on it. Yeah, I love that, that vinyl. That was several years ago. Now, now, that one hits my turntable a lot. One it of my all-time favorite imp- live records. It may not be in print anymore. I think. It may be very expensive now, the vinyl version. Yeah, that, well, that's what I got. And it's fucking pimp. That's all I know. And it hits my turntable a lot. If I'm in the mood for live music, it's either Kiss Alive or Twisted Sister Live at the Hammersmith. 
That one's a great one too. I and and I was I always ran around saying, dude, the best live album after the seventies for me was Lime Hammersmith. I gotta say, man, I think the Marquis show is even better. Dude, than, it's than, really, really good. I was shocked to see that leader of the pack. I didn't realize they were doing it. Oh yeah, that's a club song. That went way so back. long ago. And and when they played it in the clubs, it was one of the very popular songs back then. That's why you know, D thought, well, you know, I mean, it was big for us in the clubs. Let's try it again. And little did he know, you know, that shit has changed since the club days, dude. See, I disagree. I prefer the, uh, I prefer the studio recording. I'll come out of play to this. Oh my God. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think it works live. Uh, I don't think it works anyway. Even the original <laughs> didn't work for me, man. And I like those old fucking Motown things. I got I, okay. I, you know, I, I can respect that. But yeah, live at the Marquee '83, dude. This is as I, you know. I, I'm looking through all this, and it's just crusher after crush after crush after crush. And, you know, then leader of the pack, but then crush and then crush and then crush. Yeah, the thing is that uh, twist. They already they already uh, were about to release. You can't stop rock and roll. It wasn't out yet, so. This set list is very heavy on Under the Blade, you know, right. which is great. You know, I love that. And, uh, yeah, they really fucking, they're, they're just on fire. And D does some great yet rapping on this fucking album, Between Songs. Oh, hell yeah. He's amazing. JJ's also amazing when he talks. He's, you know, that New York fuck you or scumbags attitude. I love it. I got to say, I, I, I like that they still brought covers in. You know, they've got, an, they got two albums worth of material. You know, they could have split it up with uh, Strictly Under the Blade and thrown in a couple more, you know, tracks off that you can't stop rock and roll. Well, let me tell you that um, uh, D. Snyder saw Led Zeppelin in Madison Square Garden right when Physical Graffiti was released. I mean, it was brand new. Okay. And uh, Robert Plant says on stage, this next song's off the new album. It's called Cashmere. And he said he saw so many people leaving to use the bathroom or to get a beer because nobody cares about new songs. And, you know, he's talking about 76. It still happens today. You right. know, there's a lot of people that, I mean, I'm not one of them. I want to hear new songs. But the majority of people that go to shows, they just want to hear the songs they know. The this way that motherfucker guy took on Congress, for fuck's sake. As a scumbag. Yes. He went in there all scummy looking, but he, he destroyed them. Fucking jean jacket with the sleeves cut off, twist the sister patch yep. on the back, big fucking hair, and yep. hit him with intelligence and hit him with logic. I love it. But him walking in, the way they look, the way he looked, Congress looked at him going, Haha. oh man, it's like a lamb coming to slaughter. And yes, it was, but the tables were turned. They got Absolutely. slaughtered by D. Snyder. I, <laughs> if we're going to talk about that, we have to talk about when they're talking about Under the Blade and the sadomasochism, and he's trying to explain what the song was about to him, <laughs> he's looking at Senator Al Gore and says, it must be Tipper Gore who's yeah. having these thoughts. Dude, exactly. Have you ever seen a politician more angry oh, yeah, without saying him. anything? Dude, he was pissed. <laughs> he wanted to kill him. And, you know, and the bottom line, I mean, the moral of that whole story is, fuck Tipper Gore, fuck censorship. You know, I mean, uh, you know, not to get political, but seriously, man, uh, Goya Foods, man, 
My parent, I don't like it. I'm, I'm not a fan of Cuban food, but you know, this guy praised Trump and now people want to boycott. What happened to free speech? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's exactly what Tipper Gore was. No different yeah. than what's going on today. You can't exactly. have an, yeah, if you don't fall in line and believe what I believe in, you're wrong. And we're going to boycott you. Dude, it's like, it's more accepted now. What Tipper, but back then in the 80s, man, like the song, we're not going to take this shit. Yeah. You know, fuck you, you know? And then, the you know. The thing about it is you got D. Snyder, <clears throat> fucking cigarettes. You got D. Snyder that gives that brilliant speech and answers those questions and just lays waste to them. And then you have Frank Zappa, who really came across intelligence. Cause I always thought he was a Nimrod. I don't like Zappa at all. Musically, I, love, I don't know, I don't know, know what? anything about him. I don't like his goofy music. I love, I love, you know, some Zap albums, but I don't think he came off that good. I think Dee Snyder and uh, John Denver came out. John better. Denver, that's where I was going to go next. John Denver. Denver was great, but uh, you know, the 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 only complaint I had with with Frank Zappa's uh, during that was he was a little too attacky, and it, it didn't it didn't really make the rock scene. You know, sound more legit. Where where D said it in a very, you know, like she must have, you know, sadomasochist thoughts in kind of like in passing. Where right. you know, Frank Zappa wrote down, "I'm going to insult these fuckers," which is great. Don't get me wrong, but if all three of them were like Frank Zappa, believe me, the Congress would have won. So right. what Frank Zappa did that day, he thank God John Denver and D. Snyder were there to you know make up for. You know what the Congress wanted? They wanted somebody to go in there and attack them, and make and so they can look like you know unreasonable bad guys. Yes. You know, and I'm not like against what Frank Zappa said. I'm just saying what they wanted, Frank gave them, and right. what D and John Denver gave them, they didn't want. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because I don't think I think you would expect D Snyder to come in and give an argument as to why you shouldn't censor music. You know, because you would expect that from him. I don't think they expected him to be as eloquent as he was. He's a very smart guy. D. Snyder is very, very smart. He absolutely is. I don't think they expected John Denver to come in on the side of these guys here. It's not that he was on the side of those guys here. He was just on the side of the first fucking amendment. <laughs> you know, that's a great thing, guys. If you If you haven't ever seen that, you have to watch that footage of John Denver, Frank Zappa, D. Snyder, and those whole PMRC, Parents Music Resource Center hearings, those Senate hearings. It was, it's, it's fucking brilliant. You might be able to skip the Frank Zappa shit because he's a tool anyway. I never did like him. Well, I mean, I, I do, but I, I'm just saying, you know, what he said was cool, but it wasn't the time or place for it, you know? Eh, best thing to come out of Frank Zappa was Steve Vai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Terry well, Bosio ain't no slouch either, bro. No, no, definitely well, not. You don't like you don't like fucking do you hear me? Fucking no. missing persons. Come on, that's 80s pop. You should like that shit. Uh I'm weird on 80s pop too. I don't I don't like I don't like it either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I figure you would. No, I mean I like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and shit like that, but hey. You do? Actually you really do, or are you just kidding? No, I really do. All right, man, I can't believe I'm holding in my laughter. <laughs> you you want to laugh? I'll give you a laugh. I've even played it on the fucking radio. Electric youth. Yes. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Debbie Gibson's uh, brutal. Is there anything else we could possibly say about this record? Yeah, go buy it. Oh, for fucking real, this reissue. It's it's worth it if for no other reason than that second CD, that Live at the Marquee Club, 1983. Yeah, nah, you, you're going to love that studio EP. Get them both. I'll oh, yeah. Just skip uh, over the bonus tracks. Yeah, yeah, fuck the bonus tracks. <laughs> and, you know, once uh, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll is over, take it out. You yeah, know, that's why yeah. I, I haven't really played this CD ever. And, you know, I mean, I bought I bought it, but this one, I, I, I don't listen to it because, you know, I have You Can't Stop Rock and Roll on vinyl. I have the marquee on vinyl. So, you know, I don't have to be interrupted by three bonus tracks. You know what I mean? Listen to it as I grew up with it. Fuck bonus tracks. Put it on a separate CD. You know, that I'm all for. Just do not taint my fucking album, what I grew up with. Thank you. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, quick question, uh, D. Snyder's solo album. Now, he has a live album coming out soon. Solo album, Made in America or American Made. Or no, For the Love of Metal. Yeah. American Made is just one of my favorite songs. <laughs> what do you think of that album? I mean, that's fucking... D is like, he's like, you know what? I'm not even rock and roll type metal anymore. I'm fucking metal. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I love the first half. The first side, every song, including American Made... I think it's great. The second part, I don't know, man. It has a little, you know, some modern metal, popular, you know, trendy metal on there. And then it ends with a great title track. You know, the, the title track's great. But I'd say half that album is really, really good. The other half, eh, trying to get a little too modern for me. You know, for me, I, you know, you can say I'm stuck in old times because all the new bands I like have that classic feel. Like, you know, all the new bands are like is like side one of For the Love of Metal. You know what I mean? Right. You know, uh, what is it? Yesterday, Don't Mean Nothing or something like that. The, the second track on that album is so good. I Gave You Yesterday. So fucking good. I mean, the whole first side is fucking phenomenal. Love it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I actually like most of the album. Uh I'm actually trying to pull it up. You know, you know what you like, Bushy, if you haven't heard it, is the first Widowmaker. Oh, I have it. Blood I and believe, Bullets. I believe. Hold on a second. Uh, let me. Blood scroll. and Bullets is totally down your alley. I like some of it. Some of it's a little too poppy. But that second one, Stand By for Pain from Widowmaker, fucking rules. That's the That's... one I have, Stand By for Pain. Oh, no, no. You, you know what? Blood and Bullets is more your, your speed. Because I see, and I love Stand By for Pain. That shit just doesn't fuck oh, no. around. That album fucking rules. Every track is great. Uh, but, you know, Blood and Bullets is more, mm, you know, more hairbandish, you know, more of that type of hairband feel. Though it does have some smoking tracks on it, though. Right on there, Bushy. Well, thank you again for having me on and giving me the opportunity to do a crossover show. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed what uh we did and bushy you go do your thing i'm going in the vault all right i definitely will i can't wait to hear what you put on the vault in the viera vault and all i'm going to say is motherfuckers buy vinyl and we'll see you next time all right we're in the vault and again thank you bushy with the plug Check it out. When he puts his up, it's going to be unedited, hours longer. We talk about other stuff other than Twisted Fucking Sister.
so anyway, this is what I'm going to play. Obviously, I want to play something from Twisted Sister. And, you know, my favorite song off the album is You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. But man, a very close second is this song. Like a knife in the back, off. You can't stop rock and roll. What an amazing album. All these damn decades later, I still get the same charge out of listening to this as I did back then. Thank you so much, especially you that are listening right now to the Vieira Vault. I got some more episodes coming up. I know all you... uh, Listeners of my podcast, uh, I've heard a couple feedbacks of, dude, it's so cool that you have one up every single week. And yeah, I got a couple more lined up. 
edited, ready to put up. And uh, you'll have one next Sunday. Every Sunday one airs. And uh, man, I am loving doing this podcast more than you can't believe. I love my old podcast. And I'm not complaining about my old podcast, but I don't know. I have more fun doing this one. I, I guess because, uh, I don't know. I have no... Uh, I have no reasons for it. I just enjoy doing it. I enjoy, you know, being in charge of uh, the podcast. And having one up every single week is so awesome. I enjoy it. This podcast, I don't think is as good as my original podcast, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, because I think that's the best podcast ever, will ever be. So I'm not comparing both of us. I'll say it right now. That one's the best. But I'm having more fun doing this one. If that makes any sense. Well, I'm starting not to make sense. It's time to go to bed, too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Till next week. Schmack-a-ma-gab.